Oh, we like it. <laughs> Took a lot of the live button to show up for me, but we are live, everyone, for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. And look who's back from Japan, Seth Wintraub. How you doing, Seth? I'm great. All right. Uh, spent uh, two and a half weeks in Japan. Did you see any cool electric vehicles there? No, not not enough, unfortunately. <laughs> I saw a few, uh, and and this whole category of vehicle called K cars, K K E I, uh, that I love. Uh, Suzuki makes some really interesting stuff. I, I probably should write a story about it, but uh, not a lot of EVs in Japan, not like compared to California or Europe or China. Hydrogen cars? Did you see a bunch of them? I did see some hydrogen cars, and yeah. didn't didn't uh, didn't love that. <laughs> oh boy! Um, I, I mean, Nissan Nissan hasn't has never got into hydrogen though. No, it's a, I think it's just. It's just a Toyota and um, yeah, Toyota's yeah. super into it. Uh, I think Honda, maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, no, that's right. No, Honda had some. Yeah. So yeah, uh, there's there's a, a whole different world of cars though, like uh, Daihatsu, Suzuki. Like we don't get Suzukis over here anymore, but we used to have like the Suzuki Samurai. Um, they used they to. Had, my brother used to have a Suzuki. Yeah, that that car ago. was pretty neat. A uh, little Jeep like thing. They have this one called the Suzuki uh, Hustler uh, that we got a ride in one time, and it's it looks like a SUV, but you get inside and you're just like in the back. <laughs> so it's kind of hilarious. Yeah. All right. Um, we have uh, plenty to discuss today. We're gonna start as usual with the Tesla stuff. Um, specifically, we're gonna get into a Tesla Cybertruck update because there was a lot of things that came out this week as far well, i mean not nothing too big but kind of um uh it, it's aligning into a better look at uh, the start of deliveries and then we're gonna have a few non-tesla story that we're gonna get into and then we're gonna take you guys questions but first off i want to say thank you to iaa mobility show 2023 which is coming to munich september 5th through the 10th and uh, we are a media sponsor for the for the show so we're going to be there you're going to see myself set and uh micah also going to be there because there's not just electric vehicles uh, well i mean it's also electric vehicles not just electric cars and trucks there's also uh, mobility stuff so scooters bikes um we've seen that we've seen some cool stuff at, but not last year it's every two years that the show so we're really excited to get there you can uh, go in the show notes right now to pick up some tickets um we're going to be there the third through the seventh, I think. But the show runs from the fifth to the tenth. Are you getting there on the third? I'm going to be there on the fourth. Oh, yeah, the fourth. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The, fourth, the fourth. But the fourth is just a media day, I think, right? Yeah, and then so the fifth. It's not open to the public. So it's just fifth going to be tenth are the big days. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to be there the fifth. Going to be there the sixth. Maybe the seventh. All right. So there was, like I said, a lot of talk, a lot of stuff about the Cybertruck came out this week. Um, they have been cited all over. While you were gone, set it was the Cybertruck sighting mania. There was mm-hmm. these batches that Tesla produced at the Gigafactory Texas and then shipped out all over the U.S. They were seen in the Midwest. They were seen in California, of course, in Texas and Arkansas. They were seen all over the place. And uh, the speculation is that Tesla is sending them for like crash testing and validation with regulators, uh, primarily. So that has had a, uh, had this hyped up, 
And also, we've seen it in Iceland. One truck was sent to Iceland clearly for promotional purposes. They were filming something there. So if they're filming something with a production intent vehicle, things are lining up for the launch. Then Elon Musk chimed in too, uh, teasing on X that uh, he tested out the Cybertruck production candidate. He shared this picture that you're seeing now. Um, we have the high-resolution picture on Electric. If you want, to, you can really zoom in on the details too, if you want. So that's that's pretty cool. He didn't say anything other than uh, it's the best product ever. You think from Tesla? It was general hype. And uh, when he was asked, also when he posted the picture, he was asked to share pricing and specs, and he refused to do that. Says that they're going to do that when they're ready. Uh, which that, we expect. that doesn't sound like good news. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they just want to stick to to the event. Uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, the delivery event. So I see yeah, the if big you want to go up there. Yeah, that your your crazy wiper is still is still pretty much there. But other than that, if you zoom in on all the different parts and everything, the fit and finish look pretty good on that model. Obviously, you would expect that with the vehicle that they are showing publicly here in this picture that Elon Musk decided to share. But that leads us to the next uh, story, which was an email that leaked an email from Elon to uh, Tesla employees. And in that email, Elon emphasized the need for a high uh, quality level for the Cybertruck due to its nature. So uh, I'm quoting Elon here. Due to the nature of the Cybertruck, which is made of bright metal with mostly straight edges, any dimensional variation shows up like a sore thumb. I think that's a good point. All part of this vehicle, whether internal or from suppliers, need to be designed and built to the sub-10 micron accuracy. So he's uh, pushing for a level of accuracy that is um, next level for Tesla. That means all part dimension need to be the third, the third decimal place in millimeters and tolerance need to be specified in single-digit micron. If Lego and soda cans, can, uh, cans, which are very low cost, can do this, so can we. Precision predates perfectionism. So uh, Elon, it's not the first time that he, come, he, he mentioned manufacturing progress from, from Legos. Uh, he likes that they're able to manufacture at low cost, high volume with insane precision. So that's what they're pushing for here for the Cybertruck, which is obviously a much more complex product than a Lego. I don't think I have to point that out to anyone. Uh, and but I, I think his point though the main point is is correct like it would stick out like sore thumbs because of the straight edges and 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 the stainless steel finish that that makes a lot of sense. However, I don't I don't know how saying I achieved the, the sub micron things help like the, the single digit micron tolerance. I'm, I'm sure they were already aiming for that, so it's not like the email is like groundbreaking. Oh, Elon is such a genius to has his team to have extremely high accuracy, which is basically what he's doing here. Yeah, and we we talked about how uh, he previously sent out like in 2018 yeah. an email uh, saying we got to get precision in our Model Threes, and and we know at that time and for years afterwards, Model Three and Model Y, subsequent Model Y precision was left something to be desired. So. Uh, just because there's an email out doesn't mean it's going to match. But to be fix. fair, it has improved over those yeah, years. Like the Model 3 was uh, like completely uh, poorly reviewed over the fit and finish of the first few years. Like, And that's a lot when you say like the first few years. But obviously back then, the aim was the production ramp and volume because literally it was life or death for Tesla. 
Yeah. Model Y also had some issues at the beginning, but a lot quicker to to fix them. And to nowadays, Tesla is mostly well reviewed for its fitted finishes, uh, which I mean, there's going to be debate around that, I'm sure. But for the most part, I mean, I think people know me to be quite fair with Tesla. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the Tesla, the Tesla Q people are going to say, no, that's not true. You're, you're too kind to Tesla. And the Tesla super fans are going to say, no, I'm not fair. I'm, I'm by, uh, yes, against Tesla, even though, even though I own share, even though I own like, the cars and everything. But anyway, the more reasonable people would say, I'm pretty unbiased on that front. And I, I, I think the sentiment has improved greatly over the fit and finishes. But the Cybertruck is a completely different product. Uh, as Tesla admitted several times, Elon admitted several times too. Uh, and I think, like Elon said, the nature of its design uh, does open the door to make any kind of default and any kind of defect very um, uh, obvious. And uh, what do you what do you think about uh, Douglas Weiss in the comments uh, thing saying he must say this knowing it's going to be leaked? knowing where they are already like when you send an email to everybody at tesla like that is going directly to the news orgs um what do you think about this yeah as a market, i mean marketing I, tool email i'm not that as suspicious on on that front to be honest because uh there is like elon is the boogeyman at tesla in in many ways so, so w- when he says something like that like things move like they they they're gonna double triple check and, and and things like that for at least for a period of time so there is even though i like i said i'm aware that just saying hey be accurate doesn't make you more accurate there is still value in sending out an email like that to employees to just emphasize things uh so i don't think it's purely a, a media thing a marketing push or some kind of strategic leak. And again, that, I don't think there's that much value in that. I think it's, it's, it's more of like lighting a fire under the staff, under the managerial uh, staff to, 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 to push things for accuracy. But I might be wrong. Yeah, and then also uh, we, we believe that uh, Tesla is going to eventually or at some point have wraps for these things that will kind of uh, mute, mute the uh, need for as, as significant precision. Um, do you think they're going to launch with wrap options or it would be smart almost to do it at lunch? I think, uh, because it's going to get hold pretty quick. Yeah. Um, obviously third parties are going to do it. Uh, but I think there's value for Tesla to get involved. And theoretically and the fact- it should be easier to wrap that thing. Cause it's flat surfaces. Yeah, it is. So it's straight edges and stuff, but sorry, at the same time, I think that's gonna not gonna be a priority at, at Tesla, but the fact that we've seen them wrap vehicles already, and even with those uh, joke wraps like the F one fifty one, I think that's a good sign that this might actually happen. I don't think it's gonna be yeah. a priority, but I think it's 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 not. Uh, I would say I'm like thirty percent chance that that it does happen. Mm. Uh, finally, still on the Cybertruck, the last thing that was. Um, Surprising here is that Tesla had it this week, the Cybertruck delivery event invite to the referral awards. They didn't announce the actual event. They didn't announce a date or anything like that. But they did add the reward for 30,000 points. You can get an invite to with a plus one to the Cybertruck delivery event. And that's 
just the invite came to the events, not like travel, hotels, or anything like that. It's just the ticket, basically. So yeah. that's basically a $2,500 ticket because if you if you convert, I mean, you cannot convert the credit points perfectly, but like if I convert them to the the ones for like the, the wall connector, for example, it, it does add up about $2,500 for 30,000 points. So how many so, cars do you need to sell to get 30,000 credits? These days it's three because uh, it's 10,000 per now. Oh. Um, I have reasonable. my thirty. I have my thirty thousand ready to go. Oh, can I be your yeah. plus one? Yeah, but I'm uh, waiting to see to, to for them to announce like an actual date. And they say that they're going to open more of them uh, closer to the event. So when they're going to announce the event, which makes more sense, because I mean, I, I, at least we know where it's going to be. Ninety nine percent sure that that's Giga Texas. They, they, oh no, they okay. They they wrote it there. Okay, Austin, Texas. So we know for sure it's going to be there, but we don't know when. Uh, so, yeah, but did they say the fourth quarter? No, nah, did they yeah. say the quarter? No, I don't think so. Well, they previously said the third quarter, but uh, we, we don't you know, know how that goes. Yeah, I mean, but everything I've seen this week, though, so all these that we all the that happened around the cyber truck that we just discussed leads me to believe that at least we're in the right direction for it. I think it could be getting quite close. Also, we we've seen. At two batch, at least two batches of nine cyber trucks coming out of Giga Free Texas. Um, in the last few days, it looks like there's a few more, maybe not a whole nine, but a few more. So it looks like Tesla is right now testing production with a few batches. So that's a very good sign. Uh, still a month uh, before the currently somewhat announced timeline of uh, the end of September. Uh, in an interview with uh, Reuters, uh, Reuters, Reuters. Now I'm trying to get that right because uh, we lost a star set while you were gone. We, we lost a star on one of our reviews, uh, and the only bad thing that the person had to Monotone? say for, for 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 not saying a five star was the, my mispronunciation of Reuters. Oh man. <laughs> So I didn't bad. think that they deserve a, a one star to be lost there, but uh, I uh, I took the feedback and I'm going to try to improve. All right, so they they did an interview with the uh, NHTSA acting administrator Anne Carlson, and uh, not, there's not much there, but she she basically she she hinted that they're about to end their big autopilot investigation. Uh, involving the emergency first responder vehicles that it, it, it looks like to be a bad one uh, on paper at least. There's been plenty of probes into uh, Tesla Autopilot over the years. For the most part, there's not much that came out of it. But this one, it looks like there's a political wheel around the whole situation. If you listen to what's the uh, the guy, the mayor, that is. Pete Buttigieg. 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 Yeah. Uh, if you listen and read between the lines of this guy, obviously the Biden administration has uh, locked horns before with Elon too. So that uh, uh, there might be, so I'm not saying that it's coming all the way down from, from Biden and anything like that, but there seems to be some kind of political will to hack on this right now. And obviously this investigation has been going on for uh, almost three years now uh, and it had up to 16 crashes. And there's a recent argument around it that there, I mean, there's this agreement around it where it's not necessarily, the, the autopilot doesn't say that it does something that it doesn't do. It's not like that. It's more like driver, there should, can Tesla do more 
to make sure that people are paying attention when they when they drive. And that's what Carlson uh, indicated. She said, it's really important that drivers pay attention. It's really important that driver monitoring system take into account that humans overtrust technology. So with that indication, she kind of opened the door that NHTSA might force Tesla to improve on their monitoring system. Now, switching to my own opinion here, what I think is going to happen is what happened many times before with Tesla recalls, where they're going to announce a giant 800,000 car recall in the U.S., every car that has autopilot, and, um, and by the, then it's going to be all over the media and everything. And by the time that the news comes out, the fix was will already being pushed. And I think the fix is already being pushed right now. And it, it, is, it is this camera-based monitoring system that Tesla has that has been first introduced to FSD beta, but now is making its way through autopilot features as a whole. It was like opt-in features before. I think Tesla will make it like completely like you have to use this if you use autopilot now and not just FSD beta. And that's the monitoring system that, tracks driver's attention personally for me it works it works very well to the level that it gets annoying like if uh, at times if you just don't pay attention like long enough if you look at your screen instead of the the road for like a few seconds sometimes it will it'll pop up it for me it's working very well like yeah you should be paying attention at all time i mean it's normal that you're gonna change the song for a second or something like that but if you start looking at the screen for too long if you pull out your phone it'll also detect that so I think that's good. I think that's, I mean, if you don't, if you don't want that, don't use autopilot. Simple as that. <laughs> you shouldn't be using these. Like I, 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 people complain about that all the time. I don't want a camera looking at me and all that. And like, that's fine. Don't use autopilot. <laughs> uh, and I so, know. So will the uh, TikTokers and YouTubers get like a dummy to like sit in the driver's seat and look well, forward? While to be fair, the there's al- there's already ways to beat it. Like if you have like sunglasses that are somewhat taken off, like that you don't actually see the eyes clearly over it, the uh, the system it won't won't tell you to like hey take off your sunglasses or anything like that. So the, it stops giving you the alerts. So there's already plenty of ways to beat it. Uh, it's not a perfect system, but. I mean, there's a limit of what you can require an automaker to make sure that someone is doing what they should be doing. Um, so, so I think it's going to be something like that. Like they're going to announce, like, hey, it's a recall because oh, it's actually is a safety um, requirements that Tesla didn't have before. But by that time, it's going to come out. It's already going to be done. I think. That's something to keep an eye on. I think it's going to consume a big part of the news cycle for a little bit whenever whenever it comes out. Yeah, do you uh, think great. it'll be out like this week or? Well, she or said relatively week? soon, whatever that means. Uh, they, it was a weird article from Reuters. Like they just they were like, ah, they talked to us a little bit, and they said, "Oh, it's gonna happen soon." Yeah. Hmm. Uh, big news for Tesla Powerwall owners in Texas. Uh, now, um, the Tesla Electric is expanding into actual virtual power plants that have been approved by the Public Utility Commission of Texas. They are in. Houston and Dallas. So if you have a power wall in those regions, uh, you can opt in now to the new uh, aggregate distributed energy resources pilot project, which is basically power walls, VPPs, the virtual power plant. And you can get compensated for specific events that uh, you send electricity back into the grid uh, through your power walls and get compensated. 
Um, so it's 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 uh, complement it complements Tesla Electric, but it's not a complete like electricity uh, retailer program. It's specifically for the virtual power plant, the sending back electricity for specific events, which right now is happening a lot in Texas because the I know uh, Austin they just break uh, their uh, concurrent days with over a hundred uh, Fahrenheit's. I think they did a new record of like 46, I think, 45 or 46 Jeez. days in a row, over 100. It's crazy. So, of Good course, enough. that puts a lot of pressure on the grid because uh, I think everyone in Texas has uh, air conditioning, I would assume. Right. It's like a necessity. It's not a luxury uh, there. So, yeah, they say that uh, the, the public commission said that there are already 2.3 gigawatts of uh, small energy storage capacity uh, well, put together, it's 2.3 uh, and 300 alone, 300 megawatt uh, was added uh, this year alone. And that that probably is more than just the power wall, but um, but they, they, they specifically just mentioned Tesla and power wall in these two virtual power plants. So I think it's just Tesla that's approved right now, but I'm sure that others will join in as soon as they can. I've been saying it for a while. I think those VPPs, those tes- the Tesla Electric, is some of the most underappreciated products from Tesla. I think they're gonna have a big impact. And then yeah, and, and, and also Vermont is doing Vermont Vermont uh, Power also has or Green Mountain Power also has like a big virtual power plant going. Yeah, they were they were early. They, they deployed power walls specifically for that purpose for for a while too. So they they were early with that. Uh, I'm lagging a little bit. Can you you can still hear me? Okay. Yep. Okay. So, uh, next story is a little exclusive that we had on Electric this week about the Tesla shifting its solar strategy, laying off a bunch of workers, and doubling down on the strategy to use certified installers rather than their own crews. They're still using a little bit of their own crews right now, but from what I'm hearing, they are letting go as much as half the workforce for the solar roof installation. And oh. that will trickle down to other uh, crews that install also solar panels, which has been the lifeblood for the, for Tesla as solar roof has been very hard to ramp up. So c- certified installer has been something that Tesla has used early on with the power wall and then started deploying a little bit more with the solar roof. And now they even shifted more recently or last year to the whole ecosystem, especially with the launch of the Tesla solar inverter. Uh, So the goal here is like Tesla wants to own the brain of your home energy system. And they can do that through a solar inverter or they can do that through the power wall. They can ideally do it through both. And if they have that, then they can deploy things like their Tesla electric plan, VPPs and all that, which I think is ultimately what Tesla wants to be a player in in the in the uh, energy industry. They don't want to manage installation crews, which is notoriously some like hard work to do um, just on the hiring side, on the managerial side, on the logistics side. It's just a lot of work. And big companies, it's not really what they, sh- they, they, they strive to do. Like It's not honing, like operating a bunch of installation crew. It's not the, the easiest thing to scale. They want things that scale. Um, Tesla, Elon Musk has made it clear several times, Tesla is a manufacturing company. So they want to manufacture those power wall, those solar inverters, 
the solar roof. They're not giving up on the solar roof. It's just they're leaving that to other people to install it. And other people have proven to be pretty good at installing it. Um, we've highlighted companies like uh, like Good Faith Energy in Texas. They, they've been doing some insanely beautiful installation. Uh, a few other companies in Florida, too, have been doing great. They've also been working a lot with new homes, new home builders. So Tesla, the doesn't has any expertise in, in, in that field. So instead, they will work with those companies to just give them the solar roof and they install that. And then Tesla, after that, they just take care of uh, the, the software experience through the power wall and, and solar inverters. Uh, so we, we reported on a, a Tesla closing an office that is responsible for energy appointment and, and design, solar system design in North Carolina, another one in uh, Maryland, uh, I think both facilities, it's over 50 people in each that are being let go, uh, are going to be let go by the end of the year in the case of Maryland. Uh, and like I said, the solar roof crews are also being let go uh, in masses. You know what's, you know what's interesting? Uh, you know, the, the car equivalent of installers is a, a dealership. <laughs> uh, and uh, I wonder if Tesla's ever going to let go of the, uh, the uh, Tesla stores and let somebody else sell their cars and, and, and service their cars. Yeah, I, I get your point. But at the same time, if Elon is true with his word and when he, he says that like the best service is no service, like with, with, with a system, with an installation of a solar roof, you need to install it. There's no other way around it. Right. Technically, Tesla's goal would be like one day we just, we, we just sell the car and it never comes back into service. So obviously that's impossible, but like a very small number come back into service. And that makes, uh, that makes Tesla more profitable. While on the other side of things, if you use the dealership model, they are, the dealership are basically incentivized for, like they, they, they make more money if the car breakdowns more. So like right. it's, they feed off of each other like that. So uh, I, I think it makes sense for, for automakers to own the service side of things because they are incentivized to not uh, uh, have the car break down unless they do want to make money on service. <laughs> and well, and theor- theoretically, Tesla's, you know, with the autopilot or, you know, full self-driving, like maybe their long game is like, hey, the car comes out of the factory, drives itself to your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when it needs repairs, it, it drives itself to a repair shop or something like yeah. that. As long as it's still drivable while you need it. Right, everything. right. <laughs> All right, this, this I thought was interesting, and I, there was a lot of debate about this article when I wrote it on, on X. Um, I think people are missing the point here, even though I, I made it clear in the article, but let's, let's get into it. So Tesla is paying up to $20,000 a year to be on X, and even though the amount for Tesla sounds like nothing is it's a $700 billion company. It's not clear what Tesla gets out of that $20,000. And the problem with it is that it, it makes it look like there is mismanagement between Tesla and X. And that's a slippery slope to go down into that. You don't really want that. I mean, I'm not saying that's like solar city. Exactly. Exactly. Mismanagement between the two companies like that, but it is a slippery slope that you don't want to get involved in. And my point on that is like, I started to look into the whole badge thing uh, when you have a, they call it um, verified organization. So the verified organization thing costs an organization a thousand dollar a month. And then it's $50 a month 
per affiliated account. So if you want to have an affiliate account, so the Tesla account is the main one. And then you can have another account that, has, that gets the Tesla logo next to it and the gold verified badge next to it. It's, that's all you get out of it. Um, I mean, By the way, you get like, huh? we, should note, we should note that Electrek has a gold verified badge next to it, but for, yeah, for whatever but, reason, hey, they're, they're giving that to us for free. So we didn't pay for any of that. Yeah, we we didn't. But uh, from my understanding, it has nothing. It's it's not related to like what uh, we can I get think it's because we were in Tesla Blue before. They're giving all the people who were in Tesla Blue before badges because we were Tesla Blue used to be like a verified. You mean you mean you got me so confused, right? You mean Twitter Blue? Twitter Blue, yeah. Sorry, Twitter Blue. Yeah, that, we that's were not in... what I heard though from from my side. Oh, from uh, from te- from Twitter from uh, Aaron. Oh, what do you say? I mean, I don't know if we want to get into it on the on live, but uh, that, that, that's not what I heard. That all we got the the the, the gold badge. Well, we're not paying for it. I know that. Much. I, I I heard that, but okay. it's not like that. I heard. But anyway, getting back to Tesla here. Okay. Uh, but we are paying for the accounts separately, though. We we're not like we're not paying the main one, but we're paying like the the fifty for each one after that, the affiliated ones. I don't think so. Oh, that's what I, I was told, though. Oh. Because the way it works is $1,000 a month for the main account. Each account affiliated with it after that pays another $50. And it looks like what's happening right now is that Elon is using Tesla as, like, the best example of how the, he wants companies to use X. And how he wants it is, like, as many affiliated accounts as possible. Because keep in mind that a normal now it's called X Premium or Twitter Blue, like Seth mentioned. That's fifty. That, that that's $8 a month compared to like 50 to have accounts affiliated to your account that already pays $1,000 a month. Uh, so again, it, what you get out of it is, is this. You get the priority on X, so that's the same thing as premium. Like you won't get into the show more replies, basically. Um uh, the badges I mentioned, hiring better. I, I don't know exactly what that does. It's probably trying to get back at LinkedIn, probably something like that. I know there's been some tension between Elon and uh, what's the CEO of uh, LinkedIn. It was all over that uh, Ronan Farrow uh, uh, article. LinkedIn? Asting? Uh, Ast- Asting or uh, I think it's Asting. I don't know. He's a people mafia guy. It used to be Reed Hoffman, but... Oh yeah, you're right. But I don't think it's oh, Hastings is the Netflix guy. I think I'm confused. Anyway, oh, Reed Hastings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he used to be Netflix. Yeah, I Netflix. I get those confused. All those okay. uh, big shot tech people. So I was trying to look into how many affiliated account Tesla has, and I found there could be more, but I found 13 of them. So. 14, including the Tesla account, but 13 affiliated to Tesla. So at $50 per month, that would be uh, $1,650 per month or roughly $20,000 per year. And where do I, what do I think that there's some waste there is that if you start looking at some of those accounts, like the Tesla Optimus account, for example, if they are paying for it, they are paying $50 a month for it. And it has posted once in eight months since it, it launched. 
a lot of these accounts too have been created after that program has been put in place, after Elon has taken over Twitter. So it's like it's a new strategy that Tesla is implementing on, on X right now. And it seems to be quite wasteful because a lot of some of the others account, like especially three executives have affiliated accounts to Tesla. Elon's account is not affiliated to Tesla though, because he's doing it through an X affiliate. Uh, but we have uh, Franz is on it, Drew is on it, Tom Zhu is on it. And yeah, um, by the way, I have nothing against these guys. It's not these guys following that. I'm sure like they just they get associated. Tesla puts it on there. But technically, Tesla is paying $50 per the, per each of these executives to be associated on X. And for the most part, all, all these guys do because like, the people you know, with X and Elon and, and all that, they don't like to post things about Tesla too much. They mainly just retweet Tesla, Tesla's account. So there's not much point to have them affiliated if the main account is the one where the tweets come from anyway. Uh, so my main point was, can you imagine... If Tesla was doing that on Instagram, like on Instagram, Tesla, on all other social media, which is mainly Instagram and YouTube, because Tesla is not on, uh, on Facebook, uh, at the request of Elon, they deleted their Facebook, even though it was a useful promotional tool, tool for Tesla. They, um, imagine say, uh, if on Instagram they created like 13 different accounts and they had to pay $50 per account. Uh, which, by the way, Tesla could do that and not pay on Instagram to do it. They could literally uh, be verified each of these separate accounts and not have to pay for it. This is a, a very much an X model. So I think that if Instagram was do, if Tesla was doing that on Instagram, Elon would shut that down pretty quick. But on X, it's okay to have this uh, mismanagement thing and waste of funds, really. Even though I understand it's not that much fun for Tesla. But what, where I'm concerned is that it opens the door of mismanagement between X and, and Tesla, which you don't want because that's a slippery slope. Yeah, and also, uh, you know, the connection, obviously, 20000 a month isn't a big deal. But uh, what could happen is, like, Tesla could start advertising with X, you know, on the order of, you know, millions and hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And yeah. is it really advertising or is elon just moving some money from one company and, to the other and that's company. like the first step towards that right. it feels like and elon seemed to be very cautious of or, or conscious of, of that when the whole uh we'll dip our toes into advertising thing came out he did note like oh advertising on x is kind of preaching to the choir uh so I think I think he knows that it wouldn't be a great look for him to do that especially after already uh dumping uh, tens of billions of dollars worth of Tesla stocks into uh, Twitter. I know that that is not exactly the same because it was his Tesla stock, but it still had an impact on the company and on, on the share of shareholders. So something to keep your eye, your eye on, I think. All right, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, IAA. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we don't have really a prepared message, but um, I'll read some from the uh, the post I did this morning. Um, so this is the last call. Join us at the IAA Mobility Show in Munich, September 5th through 10th. Uh, Fred, myself, and Michael will be there, along with uh, Natalie Portman, who's going to do a uh, an address there, and, and tons of 
uh, auto industry CEOs, some bike industry folks. Um, let's see, Mercedes, BMW, Samsung, Qualcomm, Renault, BYD from China is going to be there. LG is going to be there with the batteries. Porsche, Specialized, recent Mueller from Bikes, Broza, um, Bosch is going to be there. Pretty much all the big names. There's going to be a lot of product releases. We've heard Mercedes is going to uh, show off a new concept car. Those are always fun to, to look at. Um, for us, one of the most fun things to do is um, go on test rides. So they have bikes there. They have cars there. Uh, you sign up and you go on a test drive. If you're going to IFA in Berlin, like I'm also doing, uh, it's just a short four-hour train ride um, down to uh, Munich, which is a great city. We're, we're talking about pre-Oktoberfest. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. Um, lots of which fun stuff Which is in September, by the way, if you guys didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> End of September. So it yeah. kind of like reaches into October. But uh, you can tell that the party's already starting there when... Yeah. Uh, or IAA is going on. So, uh, yeah, if you're if you have any, you know, desire to go to Munich or you're nearby Munich, uh, we certainly encourage you to come see the show. We'll be there. We hopefully you can meet some of our readers. Uh, yeah, it's a fun time. time. Yep, it is. Well, they have a nice, at least the last time two years ago, they had a very nice fleet of vehicles there. Yep. Uh, speaking of, that's the first time there that I tried the EQB from Mercedes-Benz, and I was not impressed by it. I was not a fan of the EQB. I thought it looked cheap for Mercedes. It is. But I don't think I'm the only one, too, because in the U.S., they've sold through the year so far fewer than 3,500 EQB, while they sold over 5,000 EQS. Much more expensive vehicles. Twice as much expensive. EQB is in a very popular segment of mid-size SUVs or compact SUVs, depending on how you look at it. Uh, and uh, it was not very popular. But now they have a new seven-seat upgraded 24, 2024 uh, facelift version and Big improvement, at least uh, on the exterior that I've seen so far. It looks a lot more like a Mercedes to me, uh, a lot more luxurious. The um, fascia looks a lot less uh, plasticky, a lot less cheap than the, it did with the previous version. We have new new paint finishes. And then this one, the, the, the gray one, the silver gray one, I think looks very good. Uh, they have a new red one too. That's not bad. Uh, the exterior Unfortunately, got, though... They they yeah. didn't really uh, upgrade the drivetrain or the battery, which was, no. in my opinion, yeah. kind of the the, the weak point. I, you know, it definitely looks nicer inside and out, but um, the range is still going to be low two hundreds miles. Uh, yeah, they still have a seventy kilowatt hour battery pack here, and you're talking about two hundred eighty eight horsepower output for the fastest one, which is, you know, like not not great. Yeah, it's not the best specs out there, but you you get the luxurious feel of a of a Mercedes Benz uh, with an electric powertrain that's going to be good for city driving. If you want to go longer distances, yeah, it's not the the ideal vehicle. But the, but the, the price pro- is there too. Like it starts at fifty two thousand seven hundred fifty, which that's is great. Basically, the average sales price of a new car these days in the U.S. So, right. so and you get you get a 
the all electric Mercedes SUV. So it's not it's not bad. Like it, uh, really, it's uh, like I, I have to admit, 188 horsepower it doesn't sound great, but no. uh, it's it's not bad. So I was yeah. I was pleasantly uh, appreciated the update of the twenty. It, it's coming uh, normally in the 2024 model year come at the end of 2023, but uh, uh, it's coming in the first half of 2024 in the US. So I think they're gonna focus a little bit allocations to uh, yeah, and we need uh, cheap. Well, relatively inspensive three-row SUVs. That mm-hmm. that's something that people, for whatever reason, need the third row. You got that option there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, this this uh, guy that grabbed a lot of headline yesterday when it came out the GMC Armor EV Earth Cruiser, which is a, a camper that get on top of the Armor EV uh, pickup uh, truck. This is a pickup, right? This guy it has to be in the SUV version. And uh, look, <laughs> it looks basically like uh, uh, the skyscraper of the camping world. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's pretty high. I mean, the truck is already like so wide too. Like so, the fact that it looks so high with the width of the Hummer EV, like uh, I'd be very curious to see it in person. Is there a picture of it with someone next to it? That would be interesting. Not even. I would be curious to see what it looks like. Obviously, when when you're driving, this this top is uh, is down. Uh, it's still higher than the normal version. Still, look like a, at least a feet higher, but it doesn't look as crazy as this, obviously. Uh, but this this is pretty cool. So this gets its own um, 605 watt uh, solar power system on top. Do we see? Yeah, we see it here. You have a solar panel system on top. So that, that's what it looks like when it's uh, like it still looks big <laughs> yeah. when it's uh, closed down. Then uh, you get a six kilowatt hour, twelve volt lithium battery system that's going to power your off grid for the refrigerator, free, uh, freezer, and some other electronics on board. Uh, you have an eighty inch, uh, eighty inches headroom at the entry, seventy six uh, inches in the hallway. What's that? What's seventy six inches in feet? It's like uh, twelve. Let's see. That's about six feet. Yeah. Okay. So a six feet tall person can just stand in there. Like that that's good for a camper that goes on top of a pickup truck. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. Uh, Thirty-five inch bed. Uh, you can see at the inside here. You have a little kitchenette area, bed, freezer. You have uh, even some options for a, a toilet. You have a flat pack toilet that you can put in there. Um. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's very a full camper that gets on top of the Armor EV, and Armor EV has a pretty good range too. So even though you're gonna lose quite a bit with that, you still you still can do some long distance with your your camping equipment here, which is pretty cool. Uh, I don't think they I don't think they gave us pricing on this. No, so and and no. you know, with the amount of uh, Hummer EVs that GMC is putting out, we're not gonna we're not gonna hold our breath for a lot of these. We're not gonna expect to see these on the road. Yeah, I mean, the economies of scale is not going to be there. It's not like they can all produce a thousand of them and uh, uh, make some uh, economies of scale with it. So it's not, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as the top commenter noted, uh, that 600 watt solar panel is going to take 350 hours in noonday sun to uh charge up the yeah but it won't you won't even charge the the battery pack of, yeah. the, of the car like they have they have a separate battery for the camper like the six kilowatt hour batteries for a camper which is not bad a six kilowatt hour battery for a camper it's, it's pretty good yeah that's yeah, solid. yeah i mean you know this is probably we're talking about a three hundred thousand dollar vehicle but 
Yeah. If you've got that kind of money, this is going to be a fun time for you. But I mean, this, the, these things are quite new now, like in, in the in, for for EVs. I mean, at least. Um, so I think we're going to see it. We we're seeing very early market and the market is infancy right now. I think I think it's going to be a big market in the future because people like the idea of the van life, the off road, the the camping uh, with electric vehicles because. That's another like if if you're about freedom and these things normally are about freedom, mm-hmm. the fact that you're not a slave to the pump is a whole new level of freedom. You had solar to it, that's another level of freedom. So uh, I think I think those things are popular are important to people because of the freedom that it gives you, and the electric powertrain solar is just more freedom so i think that i think the van life the camping people are going to embrace electric vehicles soon enough all right kia unveiled this thing here the entry level ray ev it's a twenty thousand dollars this is this is kind of what you were talking about yeah, earlier that's a k car uh, a k car uh so it's it's for the korean market right now at 27 million won but the equivalent of twenty thousand dollar us and uh, yeah it's a fun little city car um spec wise 200 kilometers of range. Okay, there you go. 32.2 kilowatt hour LFP battery. Uh, good for 127 miles of range, 205 kilometers. They say it's up to 144 miles of range in the city because you're probably just mainly going to drive that in the city, not on the highway that much. But you still have a 64.3 kilowatt hour of uh, of uh, electric motor here, which is basically half of the EQV that we were just complaining about. Well, less than half, but still. Um yeah, and you have a, a bunch of different options here uh, for the configuration of the interior. You can have like a four-seater, a two-seater, or even just a one-seater if you want to use it more like a commercial vehicle to to move things around. So these things, uh, they, they have a place, I think, on the market, like in, for, for city. Like you probably can talk a bit more about it. You've seen them in operation in, in, in Japan. But these things, they're not taking off in North America, but we've seen them a little bit more in Europe. Uh, and in Asia, obviously, uh, you, you think the North American market will ever embrace this segment of the EV market? Uh, so, you know, as I learned in Japan, um, it it's not just consumers. Uh, so in Japan, it's uh, cheaper to register these things. Um, there's parking specifically for this. So you get really close parking. Um, you pay obviously less for fuel. Um, you get a special license plate. So the license plates for the K cars are yellow and the regular license plates are white. Um, there's all these like little incentives that uh, make it make more sense. And I, I know in the U S they have that a bunch of weird laws that like make heavier vehicles actually incentivized, yeah. uh, which is idiotic, but you know, our government's such a wreck that I can't imagine them getting involved in this. So if you want one of these, you're going to have to do it just for the love of having a small car. And, uh, you know, you're also going to be driving around in the same lanes as, you know, 17,000 ton Hummer EVs. So uh, good luck. Yeah. So what you're saying basically is that if for these to become popular in North America, we would have to implement similar legislation as the, they have in those markets because that makes a difference. And I mean, those regulations, they make sense too, because like these uh, these uh, registration costs and things like that are supposed to be used for like the the road management, the, the uh, road maintenance and things like that. And uh, the heavier vehicles are the ones that destroy the roads, not these tiny little things. So it would make sense to adopt that. But 
if you're going to wait for legislators and regulators to make things happen, you're going to wait a long time. All right, let's get into the comments. If you guys have yeah. any question for us, any subject you want us to discuss, uh, we still have a good uh, 15 minutes for the show. So we're going to get into it. Let's go. Sorry. Let's go. Event, which is fun to see. Uh, Dan Oberstay, single digit micron tolerances sound expensive. Well, Lego does it. Uh, and mm. so do and they're pretty cheap. Do it. I think the Lego thing is, in, yeah, I think Elon probably has a very like a big interest in Lego because uh, my understanding is uh, a Lego, when you touch a Lego out of the package, you're the first human to touch it. Like it's mm. never been touched by a human. It goes That's cool. you know, through robots and stuff. But I mean, you remember right, the first uh, the, the first head of the Gigafactory Nevada too was the uh, manufacturing executive at Lego. Oh yeah, that's interesting. I had forgotten mm-hmm. about that. Um, yeah, so uh, razzle dazzle wraps would solve a lot of fit and finish problems. It's true. I, I don't know uh, how much the wrap would would uh, impact the fit and finish because like it's the sharp edges. Like if you have a, like a if if you have panel gaps and things like that. You still see them with a wrap, no? Yeah, I think. Well, you, you know how they have those wraps that are, you know, when when a car isn't supposed to be out in the wild, they have like a prototype out, and they have like all kinds of wavy lines and stuff. It kind of felt like the the wraps that we saw with Tesla, the the camp, the white and black camouflage. Yeah, and people want that's not the type of wraps that like the 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 camouflage, the weird patterns. Yeah, they screw with your eyes. Like you're not you you, you don't yeah. look at the shape as well as you would if it was like a clean like single color or or multi-coat paint or something like that but in terms of the fish finishes like at the end of the day a wrap is on the body panel anyway so if the body panel is not aligned the wrap won't be aligning also so i don't know how much of an impact that's going to have to be honest all right uh brian weiss says they should put the semi-charging port haha uh-huh. um <clears throat> i'm trying to figure out when that was 411 what were we talking about at that point? Yeah, I'm confused. Oh, with the Cybertruck? The... Cybertruck, yeah. I yeah. think the Cybertruck is going to have the regular regular NACs. Yeah, probably. Uh, invite says Austin's, and that's news, and that's kind of what we reported. Oh, I, mean, I think we already expected that's going to be Gigafactory, Texas, since it's where it's being built. And that, that picture on the invite, was that uh, like a picture from the... I think it was the... Investor Day, I think. Okay. Um, question is there a good estimate of how many 4680 cells a Cybertruck requires versus a realistic estimate of cell production volume? <laughs> no, are, we don't yeah. have uh, we don't have the battery capacity of the Cybertruck yet, or the battery capacities is going to be a few different models, maybe not at first, but eventually. Uh, so no, unfortunately, we have no idea of that, but um. Now I'm vaguely remembering that uh, I I think that Drew said that uh, Cybertruck won't be limited by 4680 cell production, which makes sense because there's so many other bottlenecks and Tesla has been working for for 4680 for a while too for the the Model Y. So I don't don't think that that's going to be the biggest bottleneck. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of other things that's going to slow down uh, production while they ramp up uh, 4680. Right, and they can also kind of shift the uh, 4680s into and out of the Model Ys as well. Yeah, which is also produced with 2170s, so right. easier to handle. 
All right. Uh, Spikes 43. How does Tesla get to have a virtual power plant in Texas when they don't allow net metering? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that, that was part of the demonstration that Tesla did. Like the, they wanted to show uh, the Public Utility Commission that they can they can do it all on their side. Uh, and uh, and it's I mean, they don't allow net metering, but it's like it's a completely open market. Uh, so so I, I guess they, they can. You, you are your own your own power plant and you can sell electricity on the market if you have a virtual power plant. So uh, it's it's not net metering anymore because it's it's like every time it's like a deal with the the grid. So I guess it's, yeah, it's sort of net metering, but it's, it's like a separate, separate. Yeah, uh, without entity. without clear rules, like <laughs> it's just like a free fall, basically. Yeah. Which All is right, and Nico, Nico D says six kilowatts for an E van is just enough for one person. I mean, I guess it depends on how much electricity you use. Yeah, I'm sure it's good enough for two person. Uh, Jesse C Strand, I've never heard you mention the Lotus Electra before. Just wondering if you both of your thoughts on it. I mean, Lotus was bought by a Chinese company recently. Not recently, but um, it sounds like, you know, it's going to be a fun car. We, I think we covered it. I think Scooter wrote something Yeah, about Scooter's it. covered it recently. We, we, we've talked about it. It's just, I mean, it's not on top of our list. Like, it's just. Yeah, they're not going to make a ton of them. It's, yeah. it's kind of a. All right. Uh, I saw this week that the base price of the Model 3 Highland is going to be 27 k did you see that? I don't. I didn't see that. Yeah, is this I think the that low might price be. Conflict? Yeah, I think that might be a rumor. Uh, I doubt it's going to be. Uh, I would have seen that if it was anything serious, notable. Yeah. All right, we have kind of a weird uh, uh, request here. My kids love it when Fred talks about Magic Doc. They think <laughs> he's saying Magic Duck. Could you say hi to Rowan and Charlotte? Uh, hello, Rowan. Hello, Charlotte. I. So I cannot hear the difference in my head between magic. Say that again, magic duck. Magic duck and magic duck. Magic duck and magic duck. Did I get it right? I, I think so. <laughs> I don't. I can, I can barely hear the difference. It's my uh, my first language is French, and uh, I can say uh, canal magic if you want. That's the, <laughs> the name in French. Magic canard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Well, I appreciate everyone that was listening this week to the, this week's episode of Electric Podcast. Um, I hope you had fun as much as we did. Uh, we're going to be there same time next week. And if you did enjoy the show, please give us a like, a subscribe, and hit that notification button. And we're going to see you same place, same time in seven days.